0: Good morning. Good morning. come on good morning. good morning yeah all right all right there's seats now so you guys can come in those of you that are standing come on in man the word of god says anxiety in the heart of man causes depression but a good word makes it glad So, Father, we just ask for that good word today, God. We ask for your good word, God, that it would stir up in our hearts and make us glad, Lord. Father, remove me from the equation and have your way. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. All right. You guys know I like to start with a quote. That wasn't it. That was Scripture. Proverbs. Here's the quote this morning. Anybody excited about the word? All right. You saw ladders. You probably think we're doing construction. We'll, We'll get to that in a minute. Here's the quote. We don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. Oh, man. That is so good. Half of you didn't catch it. We don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. See, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. (laughs) I want to talk to you this morning about seeing things differently in a message titled, The Hard Place. The Hard Place. Nobody got excited about that. It's alright, I've already resolved in my heart that this will not be one of my most popular messages. And I'm okay. See, the past few chapters we've been going through, right? They they brought to the surface a lot of stuff, right? A lot of baggage that we have. A lot of things that that really directly relate to, to every one of us in one area or another. We've seen Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob struggle with waiting for God's timing, right? Waiting for God's way, and although Abraham waited decades for the, 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 the promise to come, there were some things that worked out right away, right? And, and then, you know, there were those things that <coughs> seemed like God forgot. Anybody had those times in your life where it seemed like God forgot? Or, and, but you, you probably have to be honest, and, and you could relate with both, right? We've had those times where we just blessed. Anybody? Come on, man, F- fess up. There's, there's, we like to complain and, and, and throw pity parties, but, but there's times when we're blessed, right? There's times where, where we walk around, you know, blessed, that, that you know, you, you, you step out, the, hu- it's raining, pouring, you step out the house and it stops. And you're like, I'm, I'm blessed, <laughs> right? You, you go and you get to the bus and the bus was leaving, but the bus driver stops. And you're like, I'm blessed. You know, you just go in there. It's just, you know, they have those. You put on a jacket that you haven't worn in a long time, there's money in it. You're like, you serious? I'm so blessed. <laughs> you know, it, it, all that, you, you, you lose a cell phone, you lose a wallet in the city, and somebody actually returns it. And you're like, oh, God, I'm blessed. I am so blessed, right? You, you walk around just singing, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But then there's those times where you're between a rock and a hard place. Now we've been there too, right? We hear that expression a lot, I'm between a rock and a hard place. Have you ever really thought about that? You're between a rock and a hard place. That means there is tough situation all around you. Everywhere you turn, there is tough situation situation, right? That's a, that's a rough place to be. You know how that day starts you. It starts off with a nasty email from the person you thought loved you. The Christian lady on the block curses you out. It wasn't raining when you stepped out and the moment you stepped out the house, it rains just on your side of the block. You you run for the bus but you miss it. You drop your wallet and nobody returns it. And this is just the first 15 minutes of your day. Right? You get to the point where you say, "God, and, and you just stand in the middle of the street praying that the bus would hit you." But the bus doesn't hit you. It swerves around you and fills you with dirty water. And you say, "God, are you serious?" So, so you get to work filled with dirty water and you go to the bathroom and you're cleaning up and you go inside the stall to just cry for a minute because it's, it's a rough, rough time, right? And, and so as you just sit there and you start to pray, you drop your cell phone into the toilet and you haven't flushed yet. You are in a hard place. <laughs> you, you get it? You're in a hard place. Well, we, you know, we've seen the struggle with Abraham and then we saw the struggle passed down to Isaac who waited 20 years for a promise to come to pass. Anybody got prayers that you're still waiting on? Then we, we've also talked about the generational curses that have been passed down. We, we saw how Abraham lied, and he made his wife a liar. And then when Isaac found himself in a similar situation, he lied, and he made his wife a liar too. And so we see how those curses get passed down. And then he has two sons, and one is a better liar than daddy or grandpa, and the other one could care less about the things of God. And yet, and then just Jacob, and Jacob wanted the blessing so bad that that he he wasn't going to wait around for it. He figured, if I got to lie, cheat, and steal, I'm going to be blessed. See, Jacob wanted the right thing, but he went about it the wrong way. Anybody been there? See, God had already said that he was going to be blessed. God said that he was going to get the blessing, but like us, a lot of the time, we want to make it faster right? We want microwave prayers. We want the blessing. We want to push the button quick minute and 60 seconds, 56 seconds, that prayer should be already on the way. Right? We, we want things better. We, we, we think our way is better. We think a shortcut is faster than the way God told us to go. Usually we just make a mess out of things and we cause further delays. Amen? But listen, the beautiful part of this story is that even though Jacob, he's going to have his hard seasons. You know, we're, we're continuing the story and Jacob's going to, he's about to get to the hard place. But the beauty of it, listen family, is that God doesn't bring us to the hard place to punish us. See, I I told you, I want to talk to you about changing the way you see things. I want you to see things differently. But you you see, before God changes things, He changes us. But we got to be willing to stay in the hard place and be changed. See, God has some plans for Jacob, but He's going to deal with Jacob first. And, and you know, the, the Word of God says, Jeremiah 29, 11, you guys know it. He says He has plans for us, plans to prosper us, plans to not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. Say, those are good plans. God's got good plans for me. But, 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 but listen, we love to quote verses like that, but we really fail to see the whole picture. And even in that same verse... In that same passage if you if you continue reading two or three more verses to to chapter fourteen, it gives us the depth of what that whole thing is saying. Verse fourteen says, "This is after twenty nine eleven when he says "I got plans for you I'm going to bless you I'm going to give you a hope and a future but but in fourteen it says, "Listen to this, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore keyword." your fortunes, and I will gather, keyword, you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, keyword, and I will bring you back, keyword, to the place which I sent you into exile, keyword. See, God prepares us for the plans he has for us. So, so look, restore your fortunes, probably means he had something to do with taking them away in the first place. Gather you usually means he probably had something to do with scattering you. Bring you back probably means he sent you. And exile means you are in the hard place and God just admitted to putting you there. I I told you this wasn't going to be the most popular message. So it's okay if you get quiet. God already told me, don't worry about it. See, we'd rather hear how God loves us. God wants to bless us. We can have our best life now. You're the head. You're not the tail. You're called to lead. But, but, but listen, we, we have to learn. Before we can lead, we got to learn how to serve. You, you can't be a good leader unless you've been a good servant. Jesus came and washed feet. Washed feet. Can you think of something lower? Can you think of something that's so not white collar, so not uh, divine, but, but washing your toes in a time where all you had was chancletas and dirt? We, before we lead, we got to learn how to serve. Listen, there are blessings that we will never experience until we start to see things differently and allow ourselves the time to be prepared for them. So many times it's at the hard place where God wants to work on you. It's at the hard place that you hear the bell and you know class is in session. I like it nice and quiet. Even the baby's going. (laughs) See, I I truly believe, and I'm going to show you right now through the word in our story how God will take you to the hard place. Not to hurt you. Not to punish you, not to see you suffer, not to have you experience pain, but to grow you, to mature you, to prepare you for the plan that He has for you. The problem is we despise the hard place, we run from the hard places. And unfortunately, we usually end up in tougher places, going through bigger things. We, we jump out of the frying pan into the fire. But you see, God has to prepare us for the plans He has for us. It's like high school and college. You could keep cutting classes. You could keep failing classes. You could keep dropping classes. But until you learn what you got to learn, you're not going to be prepared. Amen? See, if we see things differently, we find ourselves in the hard place, and we will. And, and, and we'll say, God, I trust you in this. God, this might not make sense right now, but I trust you in this. God, this seems a little unfair to me right now, but I trust you in this. God, th- this situation is breaking my heart and it's hurting me and it's breaking me down, God, but I trust you in this. See, when, when and, and, and so you, you get to the point where you say, so God, just, just show me what you got to show me here. Teach me what you gotta teach me here. Let me learn what I gotta learn so I can get up out of here and be blessed already. See, you you have to look at the hard place differently. You you can say this ain't fun, this isn't the best of times, but on the other side of this thing, I'm gonna be blessed. You, You say to yourself, On the other side of this thing, I'm I'm gonna be better. I'm going to be, God knows what He has for me. And on the other side of this thing, it's going to be different. Listen, even if the only blessing that I can see from this is that I'm a little stronger when I'm done, amen. Even if the only blessing from this is that I'm a little more mature after this, amen. If, If the only blessing is that I'm a little more patient, maybe, amen. If I'm a little more understanding, amen. If I'm a little more, uh, if I'm a little less judgmental, amen. If I'm a little less legalistic, amen. Sometimes, and I believe this, God allows us to go through the hard place just so we could show somebody else how to act in the hard place. Men, I know when you're in it, it doesn't seem fair. But, but then, you know, then you want God's blessings and you want God to use you and God to, to work through you and God let my light shine. And, and God says, okay, I'll let your light shine. I'm going to put you in the dark place so that you can shine and somebody could see you shine in the dark place so that people would believe what you believe. And believe that you're not just following blessings and blessings and blessings. You're following what God has for you. Blessings or not. Because He's already paid a price for you. He's already given us more than we deserve. Amen? So sometimes God will put us in the heart. Alright, so the story continues. We left off. Jacob tricked his father, Isaac, into releasing to him the birthright and the blessings attached to it. He pretended to be Esau. He did the whole Hannibal Lecter thing. He put on the fake skin and he walked in and changed his voice. I'm Esau. You know, and are you sure you're Esau? Yeah, I'm Esau. I eat red meat. Right and and you know he 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 tricked them and then Esau came in and found out what happened and and chapter twenty seven Esau asks Isaac for the, hey, are there any blessing left did you give everything to him and and he finds out that yeah that's it man he got the bless the blessing the birthright and so Esau he whines and he cries and then he decides okay my father's gonna die there's gonna be a time of mourning and then I'm gonna kill Jacob plain and simple. He said, I'm going to kill this fool. I'm going to waste some time. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to waste some time. My father's going to die. We're going to cry, whatever. And then after the funeral, when everybody gets over it, I'm going to kill this fool. And the word gets to Rebecca, the mom. And remember, the you know, Jacob is the mama's boy. You know, the mom loves Jacob. And so, so you know, she, she, she runs to Jacob and he said, listen, your brother is consoling himself with the thought of seeing you dead. Side note, revenge is a comforting thought to us when we've been wronged. Amen? Esau went from sadness and tears to bitterness zero to 60. He was right there. Like he was crying, "Ah, all right, I'm just going to kill this guy. That's all. I'm cool. I'm going to be all right because I'm going to kill him. You know, he went one thing. Listen, unforgiveness and bitterness destroys only the container that is kept in. Hold on to that. So God took care of, of that, not only by sending Jacob away, but by making sure Isaac lived another 43 years after that time. <laughs> That's not funny? Isaac thought he was going to die. He, he's blind. He's he old. He's in a bad place. <laughs> he said, bring my children, bring my children so I can bless them. I'm going to die. He lives 43 years after that. <laughs> I thought it was funny. So, so Rebecca convinces Isaac, you know, to send the son away. He says, man, Esau's going to kill. He doesn't tell him that, but, but she, she's trying to figure it out. And then she says, I don't want Jacob, you know, the man of God with the blessings and the birthright. I don't, I don't want him to marry one of these, these Canaanite women because they're just going to mess him up. I, you know, I want him to marry a God fearing woman. And so he, she convinces Isaac to send the son away. And so chapter 28 starts with Isaac blessing Jacob with the blessings that God gave Abraham. The same blessing that God promised Abraham, Isaac finally releases it on, on Jacob. And he sends Jacob away to Haran to find a wife from the daughters of Laban. Now check this out. Here's the, you've got to get the full picture. Haran was like 500 miles away from where they were. Now, 500 miles to you and I in a car is still a trip. Amen? Imagine on, on chancletas. What? So, so, it's a long distance, right? And, and Bethel, the, the place where he, he stopped, was about 50 or 60 miles in from where he started. So, so, we can kind of, commentators believe it was around the third day of this trip which it sounds like he went on alone and with very little. Imagine going on a 500-mile trip, alone and with very little. So let's pick up the scripture right there in Genesis 28.10. It says, Jacob left Beersheba, and he went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place, and he stayed there that night because the sun set. Okay, so imagine all day you walk and walk and walk. And then when the sun starts going down, it gets dark, you got to stop. Because you're not going to walk in the dark, right? It's, there's no street lights. This is the desert. This is wilderness, right? And so when it gets dark, he, he shuts down. And, and so it, it happened, it says, because the sun had set, he stopped. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head to lay down in this place to sleep. Anybody have an issue with that? He took a rock to put under his head to go to sleep. I know some of you like firm mattresses. (laughs) You like the firm pillow maybe. But the man took a rock to sleep. Listen, listen, sin, side note, sin always drives the sinner out. Watch this. Adam and Eve, they sinned and they went out from Eden. Judas, he, he betrayed the Lord and he went out and hung himself. Peter, he denied the Lord and he went out into the darkness to weep bitterly. Here, Jacob, he sinned, he lied to his father and he went out into, to rest in the wilderness with a stone for a pillow. So, so picture Jacob now running from his brother who wants to kill him. He's lonely, he's afraid, and now the sun goes down again, he's in the dark, there's no shelter around him, there's no shade, there's no covering, there's no protection. He lays down in the open wilderness using a rock as a pillow. Now, I imagine these three days he's, he's walking and he's having to kind of play out everything that he's just done, right? You know when you do something shady? And like, you know, and then when you're by yourself, you think, man, that was really strange. Man, maybe I shouldn't have talked to him like that. Man, should I really have done? You know when you have nothing but time and, and all the stuff starts playing in your head like an old VCR, just like, oh, man, that was bad. Why? So I imagine for these three days, he's, he's going over everything. Man, he, he, he lied. He tricked his father. He cheated his brother. He doesn't have mommy anymore. He's all alone. And after three days of walking and thinking and reflecting, Jacob finds himself in the hard place. How I many you know when you're all alone in the wilderness with no one and nothing and you have to use a rock as a pillow, it's official. You're in the hard place. And so, listen to verse 12. Listen to what happened. It says, And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder... Set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your offspring, and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread aboard the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in you... And your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 15, Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. See, God meets Jacob in the hard place. And he confirms to him the promise that he gave Abraham, the the promise that Isaac just prayed over him. Listen, personally, I think sometimes God speaks to us in our dreams because it's the only time we'll shut up. It's the only time we won't argue back. It's the it's the only time he could tell you anything and, and you're captive. Right? You can't go nowhere, you're sleeping. Unless you think of some crazy inception stuff and then you're going to different levels of dreams. But but that's just foolishness. Verse 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from this place and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. And he was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place. See, every one of us must one day discover sooner or later that surely God is in this place. And I don't mean this building. I mean the hard place. I mean the, that place where you lie down by yourself all alone, unprotected, unguarded, with a rock as your pillow. The hard place. We, we all have to come to, to that experience at one time or another. Listen, this didn't happen when he was back home with Daddy praying for him. This didn't happen when he was at church, at a prayer meeting, surrounded by Christians. It was in the hard place when he, he who had everything found himself with nothing. When even after he'd gotten everything he wanted, it didn't satisfy. Anybody ever, you, you get exactly what you wanted and, and it's meaningless? Amen? Amen? Look around, there's a lot of heads going like this. I mean, it's the one thing you wanted. You said, God, if I got this, this is good. I'm straight. And you get it, and it's like, that was stupid. (laughs) I've been stressing this. You know, or, 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 you know, a lot of us, unfortunately, it's a relationship, right? God, if I just had somebody to love me, man, (laughs) if Shorty would just give me her number, and, and we could just... Get it going and popping, you know. It, it, I'll be straight. That's all I need. And then you get into that relationship, and she's driving you crazy. And you say, "God, kill her." <laughs> no, 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 but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You know. You know what I'm saying. Fifth. Fam, you know, it it, it was there in the hard place where everything that he had now was meaningless and he had nothing. He, He came to the place where he was using a rock as a pillow. In the wilderness, in the dark. And there he had an experience with God. Fam, do not despise the hard place. As a matter of fact, look for God in it. This is going to change you different, man, whether you like it or not. This is going to change you. Look for God in the hard place. Now listen, the picture that he sees is an incredible revelation of the gospel. How is that the gospel? It's just a ladder. Watch. See, he wasn't a Christian so because of the lineage or the family he grew up in. You could learn to respect God because, you know, people around you have a relationship with God. You could learn to even desire the blessing because people around you want the blessing. But until you have an experience with God, you're never going to be changed. It's never going to be real to you. Amen? And until, it, until you have an experience, you can't sit on daddy's experience. You can't, you're not covered under your wife's experience until you find yourself with nothing and find yourself in the hard place with a rock as a pillow and have that experience with God. That's when something's going to happen. But watch this, we all need that experience. The ladder that he sees is a picture of Jesus. How's that? I'm glad you asked. See, the ladder was the way between heaven and earth. It said the ladder reached, the top of the ladder reached heaven and the bottom reached earth, and that angels were ascending and descending. And from the top of the ladder, God was speaking down to him. So the ladder was the way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. And the truth and the light. And no one comes to the Father but through me. Man, ladders are going to get holy in your life. Watch this. And and so so just like Jacob saw the angels of God ascending and descending on that ladder, right? Well, John John says uh, uh, Jesus tells Nathaniel later in the New Testament in John one fifty one, he says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man." See, the latter is a perfect picture, a representation of Christ because in Him, God came down to man and in Him, men can go up to God. Yeah. See, 1 first, first Timothy 2.5 says there is one God and one mediator between God and man, that man, Christ Jesus. The ladder in the dream was the only way to God's presence. To miss the significance of the ladder is to lose the whole the most important thing in this chapter. Church, when we find ourselves in the hardest of places, Daniel, he found himself in a den full of lions. And he found God there. The three Hebrew boys, they, they, they found themselves in a fiery furnace. And he found God there. Jacob, he found himself in the wilderness all alone with no one and a rock as a pillow. And he found God there. Listen, you and I were living in New Testament times. And so that means whenever we find ourselves in a hard place, there's a ladder there. Whenever we, we find ourselves in, in a hard place, there's a ladder there. Listen, uh, worship team, you could come. I let people think it's over. What, 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 whatever you're going through right now, church, if you find yourself in a hard place, now, now listen, whether you got there because of your own sin, whether you got there because of your own foolish decisions, your own bad habits, or, or maybe you're just at the place because God has brought you there for reasons that you're still trying to figure out. But trust me, in that hard place, there's a ladder there. And wherever there's a ladder, there's a connection between what's high and what's low. Not so much this ladder, but you get the picture. Now, now here, legalism will tell you, you need to climb the ladder. You, you need to, to do so, But that's legalism. That's religion. That's, that's saying that you can get to God by the things that you do. But you can't. You can't. There, there's not enough good that you can do to outweigh the sinner that you are. <laughs> Say, amen, that's me. And there's not enough good that you can do. You can try, but on your best days, you, you haven't touched the bottom rung. On your best days. And so it, it's not about climbing the ladder. It's the ladder is there because God already came down. And so all you need to do is get to the ladder. All you need to do is have a connection with the ladder. The ladder is the way. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, when you're connected to the latter, you can proclaim like Jacob, surely God is in this place. Church, I want to remind you, no matter where you are, that the Word of God says, He who began a good work in you, He's faithful to bring it to completion. He's going to bring it to completion. And that has nothing to do with you earning it. That has nothing to do with you working it up. That has nothing to do with you doing good things. You reading your Bible more and praying more. Those are all good things. But none of that has to do with it. God says, because I love you. (laughs) Because I love you. There's a ladder in the hard place. And, and because I love you, that ladder is a representation of me coming down to you to be the way for you to ascend. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray, church. Let's bow our heads. Hebrews ten nineteen and 20 says, So brothers and sisters, we are completely free to enter the most holy place without fear because of the blood of Jesus' death. We can enter through a new and living way that Jesus opened up for us. So, Fem, wherever you are today, I just, I just pray, God, Father, right now I just ask, God, that you would uh, just grab all of us, God, that are, that are in that hard place. Father, let me speak to those that are in the hard place right now, Lord. And, Father, I pray that even now, even as their eyes are closed, even as they may be reflecting, even as they may be thinking, man, this doesn't apply to me. Man, this is for somebody else. This has nothing to do with me. Father, that you would just just show them the ladder in that hard place. God, that with their eyes closed, that you would drop a vision in their hearts right now, that you would drop a dream in them even while they're awake, God. And that in this dream they would see the ladder and they would see you at the top of the ladder and they would see that the ladder is Christ and they would see that grace has already made a way and that, God, that you are the way and that you've created a communication between us and you, O Lord. And that none of us are good enough to accept it and none of us are good enough to earn it, God, but your grace is says that it is handed down to us freely given and that we're freely accepted father grab those that are in the hard place today and just drop some acceptance on them today god father just shower them with your love and with your grace Listen, if you feel you need to make a stand, if you feel you need to, I need to get to the ladder. And, and, you know, I already showed you the ladder is a picture of Christ. The ladder is a picture of the gospel. The ladder is the way, the truth, and the light. It, it's a picture of what Christ did by dying on the cross and, 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 and forgiving us of our sins. If you, if you haven't made that decision and you feel like you, made the, you need to take a step today, then come. Don't, don't, don't even wait. Walk away from whatever you need to walk away from today and come. You, you might have to leave one hard place to come to another hard place. The altar is a hard place. The altar is where things die. The altar is where things are sacrificed. Maybe you need to sacrifice some things today. Just come. Come, join, join the courageous that I've already. See, there's two that came down that said, I don't care what anybody here thinks. I don't care what anybody has issues with. I don't care if they want to gossip. I don't care if they want to talk about me. I know I need to get to the place where I'm connected to God, and so I'm going forward. So come on. The beauty is that God doesn't want to bring you to the hard place to hurt you. He doesn't want to bring you here to punish you. Ultimately, he wants to bring you here to love you. Pastor Gary, if you'd come and just pray.